Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Father Nathan. Hmm. Father John here, who grew up on a military base. When you go to the commissary and you get to the front of the line, I don't even know if they have that anymore. Next, please. Next, please. Next, please. Um, yeah, here we are. On, on a, to the next one. We're here on a scorcher of a day in Denver, Colorado. I don't even know how hot it is. And uh, being men of tradition, we go to the same pizza place every Thursday, sit at the same table. But it just so happens that one seat at that table is like direct ultraviolet activities. And that seat was for none other than Father Nathan. Yeah, Gobel the today. fattest guy in the in the whole association had to sit under a greenhouse watching the sun bake his flesh and then the weird thing was my uh my beard my beer didn't get cold huh. didn't get warm it like stayed actually fairly cold that's the magic of saint lupulin whereas my uh ice melted in my glass anywho we're here we're a bit tired, bloated, tired, sweaty, angry, slimy. <laughs> Not in the mood for podcasting, but we're going to give it. We got to get it. We got to get it going. We got to get the mojo back. Got to get it back. I counted. Do you know how many podcasts I've recorded? Um, I've been on in the last eight eight podcasts are released. Six. Yeah. Yeah. I do the schedule. And you were you were I think five. Yeah. And somehow I got told <laughs> it's your turn to podcast. Right. And I'm like, I don't I don't see how this is possible with four <laughs> guys home. Well, we but, haven't done it in a month. I know. We did it before I left for tell you. Right. I was on painkillers. You've had a rough go. Yeah. So that was the last time we podcast. Everybody was. just listening, you know, laughing at my injury. Yeah, there was there's probably some tears too. Probably a lot of concerned moms actually. A lot of people have had radial head fractures. Really? It's kind of it's kind of common. Radial head fracture. The radial head. It's like a I band. want to give a shout out quickly to uh Dr. Sheila Morton. Oh yeah. Uh she is my um uh, she's my physical therapist. She's amazing. Uh I said in, uh whenever I was getting my elbow massaged like an ultrasounded. Do you know they did you do ultrasound for your for your uh ankle? No. They shoot it. Oh. Like, I thought she was going to rub it on my tummy. With the goop on it? Yeah, she had the goop on it, and I thought she was going to rub it on my tummy, and I was like, there's no baby in there, in case you're asking. So, uh, but yeah, they did a, they did that on my elbow, and I said, everyone should do physical therapy. It's amazing. And she goes, not everyone gets to lay on their back and have somebody massage their elbow. And I'm like, but I do. You just have to pay a certain amount of money in Vegas. I, I don't. Uh, well, that's true. Workman's don't. Comp has to do it. Yeah, so. that's right. Well, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody who works at Traeger Grills. Wow, yeah. I'm obsessed. Did you do it again? Uh, I haven't been home in a month. I've been living with you at the Jacksons who listens. We got to be careful. Right? She made a comment. She made a comment. I was like, ooh, you've listened the last month, so we have to be very careful. But we love everything about the house. Sue. Roy, even the hobo clown in even my bedroom. Even the hobo clown. Which is a little creepy. Father but. John's living in that room, and he does not like the hobo clown. Yeah. We've only had a couple moments of domestic abuse, but other than that, between us. The awkward the awkward thing is, do you know that um do you know that Father Matt Hartley was born the same year as their daughter? Mm. 
I didn't know that. And, and we're born the same year as their son. Yeah, it's just like, wow, these they could actually be our parents. Yeah. And Roy's a convert. I mean, the guy was like, imagine this, you know, 30 years ago, you oh, said yeah. to him, you're going to have priests living in your house. And we're going to steaks. We're going to kick you out. Yeah. Yeah, but the Traeger is a magical thing. I'm trying to convince the companions. I know somebody listens to this podcast who's a Traeger fanatic, and uh, I just want to just commune with you for a second. I think these things are going to solve the world's problems. Certainly, they would solve our problems, beginning with the fact that I live with a bunch of idiots who always run out of propane. Propane. We don't. Gone. The guys who use the grill last. I know, but I just feel like every time I'm up to grill, and you know how much I like cooking. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. true. So, Traeger's amazing. Dad's got one. Every time I come home, he says, what are we cooking tonight? I was like, well, I don't think we're cooking anything tonight. Mom's not here, and she didn't buy brisket. or." You can go out and buy it. You can go to Whole Foods. Grocery stores are intimidating, though. I ran into my friend, Elise Schlipman. You know Elise? Yeah. She was, uh, I was at my parents' house shopping at the local grocery store. She was there, and she was in a hurry because she's got like three kids hanging off her yep she's trying to buy for a family reunion she's cooking for like 100 people wow she's got like 30 minutes and she's like i can't talk and i i wanted to be like let me help you and then i thought oh no i know that'll make it worse actually yeah possibly yeah are you falling asleep i'm just (laughs) overheating yeah we gotta let this engine cool down (laughs) i I just this is why extremely uncomfortable this is why women put their hair up yeah this is why women put their hair up when you have your hair down and it's just like the ape drape is on the back. Yeah. Well, you can put your hair up, I think, now, can't you? I'm having a hot flash. You know what else you can do? You can cut it. Soon, my friend. Soon. Speaking of women and their hair. What? We have to tell a story. So we went to Lander, Wyoming for the 4th of July. Yeah. Which was uh-huh. a- an experience unlike any other. Yep. Kind of like eating... Um, like those uh, jelly beans from uh, uh, Body Burts in uh, Harry Potter, where some of them taste like barf. Oh, yeah. It's like, yep, that was an experience that I don't want to have again. It was unbelievable. I have never seen more fireworks in my entire life. It was like, imagine your city fireworks show on every block. You and I were driving to this party, and it was like... yeah. I was driving a tank through a war. I mean, it was just like weaving around these it was things. Like a, it was seriously, crazy. I think it was like a scene out of Apocalypse Now. Yep. But it was great to see your brother Mike. Yep. And stuff. And Jackie and Scott. And the girls and Jackie and Scott. Yep. The whole fam, damnly. I was there to help as assistant driver and kind of. You I think know. I think Kafus actually listens. Oh yeah. Uh, their oldest. Oh son. yeah, we met some other guys at the rodeo. Set some kids. Maybe it was at the party the second day. There's some. There's some podcast listeners up in Lander. Hmm. But the rodeo, there was a moment where I was like, this is just so America right now. Everything mm-hmm. about this is just so good to be back. So it was a great 4th of July. Yep. You are falling asleep. We better get to a topic here. I'm hot. Quick. Man, oh man, this is serious. This is like Merida style. I actually had somebody say to me the other day, I think I'm having a hot flash. And I was like, this is awkward. You thought you were? Somebody said no, that No, they to you. said they think I am. I'm like, yeah. okay. Enough is enough. Well, off to other topics. Here what we do we go. do? I no. Mean, we, I, you can't. I, I just don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we. I mean, you know, I have a farmer's tan. We could talk about that if we want to talk about freakish. Look at that. Father Jason, he just biked Evans, right? These guys roll in. They thought they were pretty hot stuff. Yeah, rolling they were. In today. Yep. They, uh, yeah, casually rode their bikes up Mount Evans. Pretty impressive. Like all the way to the top? Yeah, all the way to the top. Like from the bottom. They started Echo Lake. 
You know where the turn is? Still, I mean. Yeah, it's like 3,600 feet elevation. And you're climbing at, you're starting at above 10,000 feet, you know? So. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And then one of the guys is like, I just want a salad. Yeah, Considine. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. These people. Yep. These healthy people, they make us sick. These healthy people. That's right. On to different things. All right. Are you making s'mores over here or what? I don't know what this is. Father Michael has uh, Girl Scout shortbread cookies (laughs) and a ginormous box, like a 12-pack box, 30-pack box of uh, Hershey's chocolate bars. Olaf drove out to California for a a camp he did for a bunch of dads and their sons, and he left. It was a very funny kind of guy-girl moment. We were walking it. He's leaving at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon to drive to California through the night. And Andrea is like, what? he's leaving now? You guys are okay with this? We're like, it's Olo. Zolo, yeah. yeah. He'll be fine. Han Zolo. Han Zolo. All right, we should make this quick so you can go to bed. Good. Let's do it. Let's do this old school style. 18-minute podcast, and sure. you're out of here. How does you that sound? You want to do that? Your eyes are literally <laughs> half open, man. I'm, I, I think I have a heat stroke. I know. I think... This is not easy right now. You don't understand. Obesity is real, okay? <laughs> Somebody print that on like a cereal bowl. Obesity okay. is real. All right, here we go. Um, I have an apology. So Dr. Terry Wright, um, I made a request to Dr. Terry Wright, uh, professor, newly published book, uh, which we will do a podcast on later, on uh, Dorothy Day. Um, I made a... Uh, petition to him last year. Hey, can we read this book together? It's called He Became Poor by Christopher A. Franks. He Became Poor, The Poverty of Christ and Aquinas' Economic Teachings. Father Brian read it like Father Brian Larkin. We'll have him on the show in about uh, 20 minutes. Um, the um, we're, uh, He read it before. On the show? Yeah, he's going to be on. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, oh, the, um, man, I'm excited already. So uh, Father Brian read it and probably like, you know, two weeks or whatever. It's taken me over a year, over a year to read this. All right, hang on. Okay, great. You can have the book. Um, and the first part of the book was excruciating, excruciating. And I slogged through it. And then I finally made it to the chapter that's excruciatingly actually, boring. Um, not boring. I just realized how dumb I am. I don't actually read philosophy or really theology anymore. So it was very difficult and dense. And uh, I think he's making a great argument, but uh, I couldn't really fully appreciate it. So I was supposed to get together with Terry Wright, and Terry Wright would be like, hey, when are we getting together to read that book? I'm like, uh, okay, ignore. And then he'd be like, hey, you know, hopefully we're going to read that book soon. And didn't do it. So um, part of the reason why was because I moved out of my house and things got up you know upshifted <laughs> upshifted shifted up whatever you please drink some of this bourbon shut come on this will help shut up take a little bit i'm not going to get a cold sore you already have one no it's not anyways so then uh, i finally got onto it and there's a great chapter in here called Ont- ontological poverty and the priority of the councils And in it, he makes one particular point that I think is important for our life in common. And I just want to talk about that. I have one point, one uh, article of uh, the Summa, and one scripture verse. All right. Ready? Ready. Okay. (laughs) 
So this is what he's he's talking about Thomas Aquinas uh, describing uh, the rules around religious orders. And uh, he says this. Aquinas is trying to show that having such common things is no detriment to perfection. Perfection consists in the operation of charity, and poverty is meant to remove obstacles to charity. Entering religion or religious life deals a definitive blow to the love of riches, which grows with possession and to the vainglory that accompanies them. He's making a really important point, uh, Aquinas is, and, and this author Christopher Franks is drawing out, that poverty alone does not make you holy. It actually disposes you in a different way to charity, but it doesn't automatically make you charitable. So if you get rid of all of your things, you may be more free to love God and neighbor, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will be. Capiche? Capito. Okay. He goes on. First, Thomas notes that if the things are few enough, like possessions are few enough, the minimal solicitude they require is no hindrance to perfection. If you just have a few things, that's okay. Secondly, Thomas contends that if such things are held in common, the very care exercised over them, rather than being a hindrance to charity, can be an expression of it. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Things which are held in common, the very care exercised over them, rather than being a hindrance in charity, can be an expression of it. And he goes on, and then I'll conclude. Like a Traeger girl. Traeger girl. Yes. For whereas care, care of one's private goods pertains to self-love, care of things held in common pertains to the love that does not seek its own. And this is proper to the perfection of religious orders, for charity is perfected in the love of God extending to contempt of self. I'm not an auditory learner. So okay. You can't, you can't speak to me and expect me you to, want me to You want to read learn. it yourself? Yeah, let me see it. Yeah, you just re- read, that top, read that top paragraph to yourself while I... While left I or right? Right, yeah, left side. Um, so, um, if you have common things... If you hold things in common, it means that you are not the owner of them. Hmm. There's actually a communal ownership. And it's much easier to take care of your own goods than to take care of common goods. Your own goods is an extension of your love for yourself. Don't touch my sleeping bag. That's mine because I use it and I somehow extend myself into these things. I remember one time Father Nick Blaha had a meltdown because he loaned out his brand new Gerber tree saw uh, that he uses for camping uh, to some guys at IPF and they completely bent it and gave it back to him. So when he unfolded it to use it for when we were camping, it was crimped in the middle. So you couldn't actually saw with it. And he threw it across the campsite and he said, that's the last time I loan my things out to anyone. Hmm. And which is kind of true because you know you give something to someone it's a potential that they're going to break it, they're going to lose it, they're going to abuse it. But if you have things in common, the same things can actually be done to those things. They can be lost, they can be used and abused, they can be bent, whatever. So by actually taking care of common things, you are demonstrating your love for the brothers just by taking care of the things that we all use together. Hmm. Can you give me an example? Of from your life. Yeah, from my life, Father John. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You you owe housemate I've lived with for a year. Um 
Are you bringing up the fact that you did the sheets? No. Oh. What's the most central activity of the kitchen? The dishes. Dishes. Right. Yes. Doing the dishes. Right. It's something that we all do. They all use. None of us own the dishes, but doing the dishes is an exercise in common love. Right. What happens if guys don't do their dishes? We start cracking skulls. Cracking cracking necks and snapping heads or whatever. What did you say? Cash and checks. Cash and checks and snapping necks. <laughs> we, can't, we can't bring him up right now. He's in big trouble with Fox News. You know who we're talking about, you That's big right. lug, you. Um, so uh, if you if somebody leaves their dish out, what does that communicate to you? I don't care. I don't care. It's not my problem. Right. I don't have the physical ability to be able to lift this dish and take it and put it into the dishwasher. Now, there's honest mistakes. You're having a drink next to your chair. You forget the whatever. But, you know, like somebody who leaves their dirty dish in the in the dish, you know, in the sink, and it could be easily put in there or rinsed off or whatever. There's something about that that says, I don't care. But why does it affect us so much? Is it just that they don't care about the dish? No, it's because it's common. Common. Right. And something of that says, I don't care about you. You. Right. So what Aquinas is saying is that chores... Living a disciplined kind of um, uh, life of cleanliness isn't just for yourself. I pass by Father John's room every morning whenever I go down to get the coffee. I go down to make the coffee, I should say. I, well, I'm asleep. The door's While shut. Father John's sleeping, and I'm watching. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but then Father John comes down to get his coffee, and by the time I finish my breakfast, I go back to my room, and I notice Father John's bed is made. Does Father John make his bed only for himself? No. In some ways, yes. I'm not in there. No to Bene. Um, I'm I'm not in there. But it does demonstrate something of a communal care and respect. That it's not just like, uh, you know, left trashy or whatever. So I was thinking about this because we have that quote right next to the right next to the dishes at the companion's house. Do you know what I'm talking about? Carrie Pearsall put it up. I'm from Mother Teresa. Yep. Wash the dish, not because the dish needs washed, but because of the person who will use it next. Right. And um, sometimes we have we have problems, not just around like dishwashers. If I was only in charge of dishwashers, I would get an A plus rating. But I do many other things that demonstrate a lack of care for other persons. And... Our our disciplined life, even just as simple as flushing the toilet, wiping down the sink, not leaving your toothpaste like uh, grimy on the edge of the you know sink or whatever, is not just cleanliness, but rather a, a, a demonstration of your respect and care for other persons. Because our care for common things is an extension of our care for others. Right. We talk a lot about how the um living the common life is a humanizing process, right? And I think part of it is just because um, if I live by myself or you live by yourself, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, you know? Right. There's no, it's not that whether you do the dishes or not doesn't particularly matter. 
It's just that there's there's nothing in relationship. There's no one in relation. I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm just doing it for myself. So mm-hmm. I do it the way I want to do it. And then when somebody moves in, then it becomes really difficult to live with them. I read this line from John Birchams, Saint, I think. Birchmans. Birchmans. Vita communis maxima poenitatis. Ah, amen. Can you translate that? Life of community, maximum penance. Yeah, is the is the maximum penance. Yeah. And I think part of that is because the community life creates an arena whereby we have to kind of battle it out, and we have to where you see both the virtues and the vices of those that you live with. And we have four guys we've been living with this summer in a makeshift rectory because Mm -hmm. Shalas Gobels is under renovation. I think guys have done a pretty good job with it. Every once in a while, oh, yeah. I rearrange the kitchen, kitchen or something. Sure, but I just think if you don't have that arena, then then whether you're a layperson or you're a priest, I think it gets you get you get in trouble quick. Habits build quick, and then you get weird, and then you get stubborn in your weirdness, and then you become unlivable. You know, but I think pretty qu- I think pretty quickly. I think if I lived by myself for five years, it would be, which might happen. The bishop might ask that of me, but I think that it would. I would get pretty particular. Right. And odd. And charity begins at home. I'm sorry. Oh, this is embarrassing. Okay. Charity begins at home. This is some is person. It? This previous owner of the cell phone has taxes or something to do. I'm getting these calls all day long. You want me to talk to him on air? No, it's a recording. Darn it. It's like this is your final call. Otherwise, we're going to take Schloss Globals from you. No. Um, charity begins at home. So it's not just, okay, I don't even hold things in common. Maybe you live in an apartment all by yourself. Uh, maybe you're, I don't know, like you're still at home and you just have your own room or whatever else. But one of the points that Aquinas makes is you can't love others well if you don't love yourself right. rightly. And something, something of care for the things that you use demonstrates your love for yourself. Which is a roundabout way of saying, if you have a very messy, cluttered room, it is a communication, even to yourself, that I don't matter. Right. And I struggle with this because I have, I used to have... You're not a minivan. Yes. I used to have at Schloss Goebbels, which is now gone, I tried to preserve it, and uh, Jerry Jerry. from Caruso Kitchens, who's amazing. If you're in in Denver or Lakewood, if you'd like to stop by to Caruso Kitchens and get yourself a nice new cabinet set, Caruso Kitchens, located off of 6th and Garrison. I'm Jerry Caruso. Hope you stop by. Um, uh, Jerry said, you got to get rid of this. I had this shelf shelf where I just threw all of my crap on. You threw it on there? I threw it on there. I threw it on there. Everyone threw it on Everybody there. Everybody threw it on Yep. There. We call it the crap shelf. Kind and of. that's PC. Okay? <laughs> it was the SS. Crap shelf. But okay? that was a good exercise in community. We said, this is the community space. Yes. This is your crap shelf. Yep. So you can do whatever you want with your crap shelf. I can. But uh, I could find anything on the crap shelf. That was amazing. I watched Like, that. he would ask me, like, hey, do you have that piece of paper from, like, three weeks ago? And I would just know exactly where I put it. But something of that doesn't communicate an orderedness and a self-love because I'm kind of saying like, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And then it ends up being later and I haven't dealt with it. Right. And so as much as we want, as much as we want to grow in perfection, um, some of these things that we do, 
even just as simply as cleaning our room a little bit each day. Like that book that I read before, T.G. Morrow, he mm -hmm. said, I used to have bad habits. And one of my bad habits was I kept a messy room. And he said, I've tried to do 10 minutes of cleaning of my room a day. And it's amazing what that can do. Like just rearranging things, putting stuff away, as opposed to me where I'm like, I'm not going to do anything for like two weeks and then do an hour. Right. And that may, it just makes a big difference. Now, I come from the other side, from north of the Alps. Right. And living in Rome has kind of brought me back a little bit. Because... Mm, reined it in. There, just because there's order doesn't mean there's charity, you know? Right. It's the same thing about poverty. Right. right. And so it's like, it's good to say, yep, you're okay, that virtue you're growing in. But there's the other side of it, which is the inability to be flexible, spontaneous, even powerless to kind of let life get a little crazy, you know? There, I, when I look at families who have a lot of kids, the ones that I really admire are the ones who um, manage to cultivate virtuous living in the midst of chaos, you know? Yeah. If it's too hyper-ordered and controlled, right. it's kind of selfish. This is what I do. And if it's just completely out of control and you're living in a pigsty. Squalor, yeah. Right, then it's like, obviously there's not... Very, but to find that there is kind of a the median there, you know, um, somewhere between Italy and Germany. It's called the Sud Tyrol. It's it's called Milan. <laughs> no, it's not Milan. But, so uh, this is how this is how Thomas Aquinas uh, describes it. This is in um, Secunda Secunde, <laughs> um, uh, question eighty eight, uh, article seven. He says, "I answer that as stated above, perfection consists essentially not in poverty, but in following Christ." According to the saying of St. Jerome, since it is not enough to leave all, Peter adds that which is perfect, namely, we have followed thee. While poverty is like an instrument or exercise for the attainment of perfection. Hence, in the conferences of the fathers, the abbot Moses says, fastings, watchings, meditating on the scriptures, poverty, and privation of all one's possessions are not perfection, but a means of perfection. Order is a means of perfection. Cleanliness is a means to perfection. Poverty is a means to perfection. And our, our, our demonstration of these things show, our, our exercise of these things demonstrate our love, not only for others, but also for ourselves. Like L'Oreal, you're worth it, okay? <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Good point. I so, <laughs> now you're waking up. Now he's cooling I feel down. Great. I feel now you're good. cooling down. So uh, again, whole, yeah. I, I love this. I love this part because we really struggle in the companions to love one another, and sometimes we feel like we're doing all the right things, like we're following the rule and we're, you know, not watching TV when we shouldn't sometimes, um, and and yet, like all of those are means to perfection, and what we're hoping for is actually charity. And I go back to, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. St. Paul says, if I do all these amazing things, if I beat my body, if I beat other people's bodies, if I clean my room perfectly, if I have no possessions and do long fasts and have not love, I'm nothing. I'm a resounding gong. So our, our life is actually about removing the obstacles to perfection so that charity may grow. They're right. kind of like the weeds that choke the the real plant and i was convicted by this of just saying sometimes i i get frustrated in doing just the simple tasks 
cleaning up after dinner, making the dinner, um, you know, lighting the candles for evening prayer. Somebody forgets to do that. But a lot of that is our demonstration of our love, not just for the life, but for one another. So when your parents ask you, honey, did you take out the trash? You know, child, did you unload the dishwasher? Remember that it's not just doing the task. You're doing something that manifests your love for the other person right? and for yourself. The church in the catechism talks about how um, every... The evangelical councils, every state of life are invited to live the evangelical councils. Poverty, right. chastity, obedience. This is not just for religious or priests. This is for everybody. But I think it's hard to know, how do I live poverty? Let's say I'm a married man listening to this podcast, you know? How do I live poverty? Well, you probably already are. I mean, if you're, you know, open to life and you're... If you have kids. And you have children. And kids, you're living poverty. You're living poverty. But another way is just to say, bring whatever you can into the common, you know? Yeah. Um, and that means your own life, like thinking of fathers, you know, bring your fatherhood, your interests, your loves, your joys into the common. Because what we're discovering with the companions is that what Aquinas says, friendship is a sharing of goods. So the kind of friendship is based on the kind of goods that are shared. And so the more that you kind of bring your goods into the life, uh, the more there is this possibility for charity and friendship love. When we all come in every week, to Lord's Day, and we all have our perfect life with our perfect parish and all of our hobbies and all of our friendships and everything's totally separate, we share nothing, then it becomes this kind of bizarre cocktail hour talking about who's who and kind of one-upping each other. And that's what a lot of priestly yeah. relationships feel like. Yeah. They don't feel like a lot of charity because we're afraid to kind of share and to put these things into the forum. So I just think um, I'm thinking about my nephews. I think I shared this story last time we podcasted, but I, I was babysitting them, and they were fighting over a toy, and I was trying to say to them, hey, toys don't matter. Neither of you own this. Right. Like, there's no ownership here. Mike Rapp walking in. There he is. Oh, yeah. No, we ain't gonna take it. <laughs> we're not we're gonna, not take, gonna it. take it anymore. That was quite the entrance. What, what was I singing to you earlier? Oh, yeah, it's, I know. A, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. I thought you were going to say, I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I met you. <laughs> what song? I came out of Holy Hour, and he was singing that song. Which dun, song? Dun, 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 oh, yeah, that's... So that, so, okay, you know that. So the... Uh, uh, what is the name of the Human League, Don't You Want Me. I prayed a holy hour. I prayed a holy hour where... Literally, it was just Jesus walking the runway to that song <laughs> and like looking at everyone and then walking back. It happened for like 30 minutes. And then it was played immediately cool. after. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that I was trying to explain son, to my nephews. nephews don't own anything. St. Right. John Chrysostom says that with the fall is introduced the chilling distinction between mine and thine. Ooh. And I was trying to convey this. Does to he my, say that? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I was trying to communicate this to my four-year-old and two-and-a-half-year-old nephews. Right. You don't own anything. There is no distinction between mine and thine. Right. That's an effect of the fall. All right, boys, this is post-lapsarian world. And they're like, give it to me. Right. I think you should have used the example from the great uh, philosophical movie Finding Nemo, where the seagulls are just going, mine, 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 mine. Now, that would have been much better. See? But, like, that's what, that's what most of our self-love says. Right. Mine, 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 mine. And uh, when we do these simple tasks of exercising our care for common goods, the car 
you know, your, your communal car, you know, you have maybe the minivan or whatever else, like, you know, how do you, how do you treat that? Uh, your, your common, I don't know, backyard. I mean, there's just ways in which when we exercise our, our care towards these common goods, we actually say to the other, you matter. Yeah. Um, I never, I never thought about it, but like, there is so much work that goes in to having a nice yard. Like, you know, your mom, she's out there all the time, like watering flowers, picking off, you know, dead buds or whatever. And like, you know, beginning yeah. again, my dad, like as many times as he mowed the lawn before we got old enough to, to do it, like, um, yeah. it's a lot of work and yet doing it actually shows a care, not only for others and for yourself, but also for the neighbors. It's not like you're satisfying the, the neighborhood co-op. But like you show, like you matter, and I matter. Yeah. So that's just it. I uh, that was all I had. One Bible verse, First Corinthians thirteen, that Aquinas quote, and then this great book, which I'm going to have the companions read this one chapter. I would not recommend the first hundred pages if you're only interested in it from a priestly. Mike, perspective. this guy's trying to tell us what to do. Hey, what? We're not gonna take it. <laughs> We're not gonna take it. Yep. yep. See, that's just exactly it. I'm trying to provide something for you. I'm trying to do something good to you, and you guys Why don't treat you me share like that. Some of this you know what? I I do everything for this family. <laughs> Your brisket was dry and stringy, and I never liked it. That's it. Well done. Well done. All right. So, what's the book? He became poor. Christopher Frank's "The Poverty of Christ" and Aquinas's economic teachings. Intriguing, eh? You got any thoughts on final thoughts on poverty, Mike? No, I'm working over here. He's, oh, working. he's working. Look at that. Look at, look at, look that, at that haircut. My, I love got. it. Mine got. He's got this little nub in the bottom. It's shaved, and then it's a little ponytail. Is that a ponytail or a rat tail? What's the difference between a ponytail and a rat tail? No? All right, shout outs. Let's do this. Shout outs. I got a big shout out. So listen to this. Do listen. you know the name Irene Talioli? Nope. She's from Bologna. She listens to the podcast. Whoa. And when I was, my parents came out in March, Father Austin Leakey and myself and my parents went up and they literally, talk about Italian hospitality. They dropped everything all day, showed us around. We had Mass at the Tomb of St. Dominic, which funny enough, my parents' wedding anniversary is on the Feast of St. Dominic. Cool. So Irene and I got, uh, became friends this year and uh, she is next month joining the Nashville Dominicans. Wow! First from Bologna. Yep, yep. Whoa! So it's uh it's very exciting, and uh, so that's good. I'm very excited for. And I just wanted to say thanks for listening. She said also shout out to Rachel. Is that Raquel, Mike? Rachel in Italian. Raquel. Raquel. Yeah, Raquel Welsh. Raquel Welsh. Chloe. Chloe. That's not her name. Chloe, and Rosanna, faithful friends. She says no rush on the pod on the uh, shut up, but thank you, Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Okay, you're up. I can't find it. Give me one second. Just give another lame shout. Father, out. okay, Shane wait a second. I do have Wicks, Amarillo, Texas, from Mary and Kevin Barry. Isn't that funny? Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, it's, hang on. Uh, I I have a shout out. Um. To my fellow missionaries at Old Miss, uh, Joe Sutherland, Kelly Caffrey, and Alexander Steele, 
I can't wait for the team to be reunited. Kelly Caffrey? Yeah, you know Kelly Caffrey? No, I just wanted to say. I didn't think you did. I can't wait for the team to be reunited on campus and to Father Joe VD and all the students there. Thanks for making Old Miss such a great place to serve. I'm pumped to be back in Oxford with all you soon. Hottie Toddy. So I met with this guy. Um, he is, I mean, I'm getting to it. Um, he is a focused missionary. Um, uh, Dan. No, it's not Dan. Shoot, I forgot his name. Vince. Vince DeTiro. Uh, he's a focused missionary from my parish, St. Joan of Arc. Um, and Vince is in his second year at Old Miss. And I said, Do uh, any of the students actually listen at Old Miss? He's like, Oh, yeah. People are quoting it all the time. Old Miss. I'm like, do you ever hear anything from Mississippi State Bulldogs? Did they listen? He's like, no. I'm like, go Rebels. Oh, yeah. Go Rebels. But, I mean, I hate to say this, Old Miss, but I am roll tight. Okay? <laughs> and I know that's going to make you mad. Is that because Skip Galley? That's because... No, it's because my... At least my, you're not an Auburn fan. It's because my mom uh, took me to Sears in, like, uh, 1990 and said, you have to choose from the clearance rack or the Husky rack. And one of the only shirts that was left on clearance was an Alabama shirt. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be an Alabama fan. There you go. So, the rest is history. To Vince, to uh, Gina, Rudy, uh, to all the other folks, missionaries, well Good. done. Well, I'd say we got through that one. We are uh, hopefully going to be locking down the possibility of going to Seek Conference. Are you saying this? I'm just saying, like, we haven't signed the contract yet. But there, I mean, if you actually want us to go to Seek Conference, hashtag Seek, hashtag Seek Conference. All right. Well, great job. Yeah. So, uh, not we bad were, for a hot summer afternoon. Hot summer, folks. Chill out. <laughs> Don't break your arm. Have a great, great uh, Tuesday afternoon or Thursday, whenever you post this stuff. All right, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.